This experience is best with headphones. This is a program in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. For more information and additional programs, visit us at openandclear.com. For any questions you would like us to focus on, comments about the show, inquiry about advertising with us, or just want someone to talk to, please visit us there at openandclear.com. Beware of false prophets, 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 which come to you in sheep's clothing. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into driver's temptation. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may ye shall know them by their fruits. Entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven. Is Reverend Devon Divine a false prophet? For let not that man think that he shall receive anything. Sent here to Lord. lead us astray. A doubting, double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted. But the rich or is he a spiritual teacher who can guide us to the path of freedom? I'm Dr. Mark. Come with me and partake of his fruit of knowledge. And decide for yourself. Then when the lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow or of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we shall be. <laughs> okay, we're recording this time. Go. Welcome to another episode of False Prophet. On this July 31st episode, I'm Dr. Mark here with Reverend Devin Divine for take two. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I think that, at least that's only the second time I've ever done that. That's good. Oh, that's good. Because you recorded a ton. Yeah. You're yeah. a pro. Yeah. I, 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 yeah.
<laughs> so I was having a conversation with my roommates <clears throat> who are in medical school with me just a minute ago. And uh, I told them I'm taking this final. I'm taking a shelf exam for surgery, this big final. I've got to go to London, and it's this big test worth a lot of points. And they're like, oh, yeah, how are you studying? How's it going? I'm like, man, I'm really freaking out because, you know, they – they changed the grading and stuff. So the tests are worth a lot more and they're really hard and I'm just really nervous. And so I've been running myself ragged trying to study for this test. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, Oh, well, you know, that doesn't apply to us because we've been around long enough that it's still the old grading system. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, so you don't even have to study that hard. Just go take it. <laughs> and I noticed, I'm like, dang it, I'm doing it again. Anytime I, I start to get worried, I'm like, Oh man, I really want to get this result. I really need for myself to get this. And I start to get really panicky and I work really hard. I end up doing so much more work than is necessary. It's like I'm running on a treadmill going nowhere, trying to make myself feel better. Uh, is it, I mean, is it really going nowhere? And that's great that you're grandfathered in with the old ideas or the old grading system. I don't completely understand it, but... Yeah, that's nice, but there's got to be a reason, you know. Is it just out of sheer panic and fear, or was there some sort of reason to get you to study a little bit harder, a little bit more to that? I mean, usually pretty much anything that we can judge and perceive is ultimately all beneficial and good. It's the ideas that make it seem as if it's not. So it's mm -hmm. when we act from these ideas that it's, you know, actually suffering or hard or pain, then it, we're not actually just seeing the true essence of what's occurring. Instead, we're seeing, like, in a way, you probably would have studied just as much as, you know, your, you feel like your urgency or this, you know, failing idea or something and death. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I mean, you would have done it anyway, right? Or would you yeah. have just gone and taken it? No, I would have studied it anyway. Yeah. But I just have felt lately like I have something looming over me. Like, oh no. It's going to be harder this time. Yeah. yeah so but this, it did push it, me to study more. Yeah. Well, I mean, these thoughts really are just trying to get you to act differently than you normally would, but it's not really succeeding. Like it's hoping to change the script, but you're kind of written out to do and be a certain way anyway. Mm. Hmm. And it's mostly it's like about it's mostly about being that something, being that core essence of what you already are, and accepting that, not insisting that it needs to be changed. Like, I mean, who who knows? This false prophet idea, for an example. I have no idea if I even am or not. I'm just being me, you know? I mm -hmm. <laughs> like Some people can try and determine if it's true and even say the, what someone would say is a true prophet or the difference or whatever. And how do you know? And you can't really know. It's just either you can be yourself or you can be a lie. And you can be trying to make mm -hmm. something else out of yourself that's not really true about you, you know. And I guess the most idea mainly about it is it's a warning trying to get people to recognize, hey, some people just want your money and, 
you know, your livelihood and steal things from you. So they're going to act like prophets and stuff like that. But I mean, if you're being true to yourself, there's nothing to worry about, you know? There's nothing to worry about that. It's true. And it applies to everything. That is, because I'm just being myself and studying. But then <clears throat> when I start worrying that someone's going to judge me that I'm not good enough. And that's why I start to be something I'm not. I'm going to study better and I want to be good enough for other people's opinion or something, you know? And I change my what I think of myself. Yeah. So what I should do is just be myself. Yeah, I and mean, it, it makes sense when you think that your future is not going to happen in the way you want it because someone, some reason, determines by, oh, he made this single little mistake here, I will not pass him, and so right. on or whatever. And uh, so it seems all of a sudden you're actually trying to win somebody over instead. Mm -hmm. But the, the truth about it is that you're trying to win yourself over. You're trying to convince yourself that you're actually worthy and capable of being what you're trying to be, like this, being a doctor or something, and that you got to know that you're worthy of it, and that it's naturally what you're here to do, and that you're capable of doing everything it involves, and and you're going to just have it. You're you're pretty much just aligning with what you're already designed to be. Once you finally accept it, who could deny you? No one could deny you. I mean, yeah, maybe legally some people might. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's going to happen if you know it's going to happen. It's the doubting and the fear of it that it's like, why is that doubting and fear there? Like Maybe it's trying to tell you something else than just doubting and fear. It might be trying to point out, hey, believe in yourself in this area. Thank you. Believe in yourself here. <laughs> you think you, you think it's not going to work here? You know, think it's not going to, or it's somehow going to fall apart here? I, some reason I see it as like a bucket of water and every doubt that we have is like a poking a hole and there's, so we feel and we're aware of our water going out this hole. But really, the hole just needs to be filled, not, not, not like emphasized. Oh, the hole is my demise. I'm going to all be draining out, and I'm gonna fail being filled with water, and all this stuff. Or we could just plug it up, and be like, you can oh just no, learn from it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm confident that that water is not going to be flowing out of that hole anymore because of what I am. Like I know. Who I am, I know what I'm here to do. I am very reactionary to emotions rather than like seeing what they mean and stuff. So I think that's something I should work on. Yeah, like what are they really trying to say? But usually most people when they try to understand like emotions, what are they trying to say is based mm -hmm. off an idea of death and fear. And so we, instead of using it as inspiration, we use it as suppression or, or avoidance. And so then we become, get these moral standards and everything that makes perfect sense, but it's all about supporting, you know, not dying and <laughs> has nothing to do with your eternal being, which is not concerned with dying. And mm -hmm. so if you take it in the perspective of being an eternal being and being all powerful, then 
the translation of your emotions could be all different and not actually, you know, oh, I'm afraid of this going to happen because I have these emotions. But now you're, you're kind of, your eternal beings uh, being aware of where it needs to run, you know, it's like it, that, that emotion is pointing out, you need to put effort here. And, you're, and then you're going to put effort there because you can do and achieve anything. Mm. See the difference? So you still feel the emotion, but you interpret it differently, and you're not a victim to it. Yeah. It's just, it's like a sign telling you something. Yeah, yeah, in a way. It's, it's hard to convey, and I've kind of had a lack of words today, but, <laughs> you know, it's like just pointing out where to focus. I mean, no matter what, you can't, you have to be focusing on something, so you can't really be looking everywhere all at once. And that's to say, I mean, you can be aware of everything around you, but you're still looking from your eyes. And so you're still, but you're still an eternal being that is very vast and think of universes within yourself. And so it's actually this movement that seems to be defined in physicality, but you're, you're really just making a decision to be this huge, all-powerful idea or this tiny little minute idea. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the minute idea of yourself needs to study and needs to struggle and does struggle and everything and is small and pathetic and on its own. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and in no way am I saying you don't have to struggle. I mean, you don't have to study being this ultimate being as well. It's The difference is, is you know, the universe is going to do what it needs to do, if that be studying or not, through you naturally. It's, do I resist mm -hmm. because I'm in fear is the right. difference. Yeah. Is it, is it, should I struggle in fear because it's all me? Or should I struggle in fear because that's what I'm designed to do by God? It's kind of the same occurrence, you know, chop wood, carry water before and after. <laughs> it's just a different perspective of even who I am. I see my bucket and it's got a hole in it and it's leaking. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. And I'm trying to resist and outrun it. Maybe if I put more water in it, maybe if I run to where I'm going faster, rather yeah. than using that as a learning tool and being like, oh, there's a hole. Glad I found that and plug it. Yeah, and even in another sense, it's like your bucket is full of water and it's po poking through a hole, it's pouring out. You you could be freaking out because, you know, the, there's a limited amount of water. Or you can recognize that you've been holding this bucket underneath a faucet the whole time of an endless supply of water. And it's not really uh, doing going anywhere as in loss, uh, but it's actually just another facet of experience uh, yeah so what i'm not i'm completely endless you know a lot of people because they think of the there's you know an end to it start storing up on this water oh i need another bucket in my bucket and a bucket on top of my bucket and a bucket mm -hmm. around my bucket to catch the water that's going out of my bucket <laughs> and there's a lot of protection mechanisms instead of recognizing that you're an eternal supply Mm. Just letting it flow. Yeah. 
but I mean, in that same flow, you know, say a leaf goes into your bucket, and then you have to accept that your hole gets plugged up naturally. Mm-hmm. And there's all these metaphors, but you know, nothing's really going to convey it perfectly. It's true. So the takeaway is when we start to feel panic or worry to step back and stop resisting first off and to learn from it, maybe see a different perspective or just see the universe is still flowing in harmony. Nothing's really hurting you. Yeah. Yeah. It's let's think of another idea here. Like that idea of chopping wood, carrying water, maybe another, another job. They have to be fast and quick. Maybe they work on a some sort of assembly line and they have to paint it really fast or something. Let's just say that's happening. And, you know, this before Enlightenment, they, they do this and they're like, oh, it's getting faster and faster. And they have to paint it really fast and move, put it back on the assembly line, paint it really fast. And it starts to generate this like, oh, I need to do this. Uh, and so there's this panic start coming to it. And this fear that starts happening, uh, instead of recognizing, you know, I'm still going to be doing it without panic and fear. And so that painting in the assembly line before enlightenment and after enlightenment painting in the assembly line, <laughs> it, it simply now isn't, it's more being done through. And so it has the same speed, the same urgency. You're not really doing it out of the fear and panic anymore. But you can still be doing things fast. A lot of people think, you know, with this path to enlightenment and they kind of stop in between is, oh, I'm painting really fast. And then, oh, I'm, you know, on the path of spirituality and enlightenment. So now I do everything really slow. <laughs> you know, so I be at peace with the slowness. And, you know, now you're trying to give up this sense of panic. So you think you're just kind of giving up and losing your job instead uh, mm-hmm. and and not no longer on the assembly line after enlightenment <laughs> but <laughs> but it's not really that case it's it's that people think that you're in charge of what you're doing and your person and you're not in charge of what you're doing in your person that's the difference is like you think you're chopping wood and carrying water before and then you realize the universe is chopping wood and carrying water through you. Um. And so it can have the same urgency. It can have the same, the same movement of speed and, and getting things done. And it might even have what some would determine as stress and fear and everything. But it's not in the same perspective. You don't even process the idea of fear and anger in the same fashion. You're simply... Mm-hmm. No longer are you doing the universe, but the universe is doing you. So you can still maintain the same speed and stuff and do the same job. But rather than doing it in fear, you could be doing it in peace or actually enjoy it. Exactly. Yeah, there's a state of peace in everything you do. It doesn't have to be manipulated to then be in a state of peace. Like you don't have to change the situation or or slow it down. I mean, like, meditation is actually a practice, but a practice to do what? Like, 
Once you achieve the actual practice of a meditation or meditation, then it's a natural condition. And it's people think, and you see it all the time, that, oh, now they're in such a meditative state, they walk around really slow, and they're aware <laughs> of every single step, and they talk really calmly and only use loving words. It's like that that's a manipulation of what you are instead of being this meditative state in what you are. And so it's a, it's completely different. When you are, are in this meditative mindset or as uh, it says in the Bible, you know, prayer without ceasing, I like to relate it mm -hmm. to that, is that when you're aware of the truth, you can be doing everything you're doing without ceasing. You can be completely aware of God, completely aware of everything, of the truth, of the peace, and everything, while your body seems to be doing uh, peaceful, loving things and screaming on the top of its lungs and <laughs> everything. It's, it does not change what the world seems to in, imagine or vision or picture. Like it's, it's, it does not matter if it changes or not. To that perspective. It does not matter if it changes. Now, it then goes into a different theory about, you know, change your mind, change your world. And that is absolutely true as well. But it doesn't matter if it changes when you actually get there. That is one thing that I think I fall victim to as well. I'm like, you know, if I'm more centered or if I'm more at peace or something, then I won't have to rush. I won't have to do all these things. Maybe I can just relax. And so it would be better if I was still doing the things that I was doing, but could enjoy them. I can still chop wood and carry water, but do it in a peaceful state, even if it's hard. Yeah, yeah it's tricky. You know, it's funny, like the other day, well, for a while, I haven't been shaving. I haven't been, I wanted a haircut and I just haven't gotten to it. There's, it's been a lot of stuff going on here. And uh, I keep thinking, oh, I want to, get a haircut oh I want to shave and now I've been having this like I'm getting a actual beard going on a whole thing and <laughs> and just yesterday I looked in the mirror and I realized oh wait I, I'm kind of meant to look this way right now I'm, I'm meant to do this I'm meant to be this way and that same day uh, without bringing the subject up uh, Trina's kids my stepkids uh, all are like, oh, you should get a haircut, you should shave, and all this stuff. When before, they were like, you know, had nothing about it, and as one of them even said, yeah, grow it out, it looks cool. But now it changed, you know, almost as if it's, now that I accepted it, now I'm encouraged to do the opposite, which is interesting. Um, but it's it's kind of in that idea that when we we finally accept where we are, then it naturally comes into a change. Does that make sense? I've heard that about dating. <laughs> like yeah. when you want to find somebody, you really want a girlfriend, you're, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. you never do. But as soon as you accept who you are and you're like, you know, I'm okay being alone. I don't need to date anybody. Girls come out of everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's what my sister would say that she... She struggled in finding someone, and and then she finally started to accept that she was just the way she is, and she's not concerned with finding anyone anymore, and now she's been married 
for I don't know how many years, like 12 years or something. And uh, she's having her seventh baby here soon. But yeah, she all of a sudden met this guy and it just happened around the exact same time that she finally let it go, let, let go trying so much and just accepting where she was and who she was. And that's really where you can find that attraction to someone. I mean, most people want someone that is somewhat loving of themselves. And some people do like this codependency thing, you know. And <laughs> I need you to feel loved and you need me to feel loved. Let's screw each other's life up. And then... <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. Okay. <laughs> But it's enjoyable. It's a fun ride. Okay. That's true. No, I'm in the middle of a show. Thanks, bud. Mommy can help you. So how do you learn to be accepting of your situation? Even if you're at a breakneck pace or you're having to carry water and stuff. Is it just the psychological training of the the course in miracles and stuff that can teach you how to accept where you're at well that's very helpful a course of miracles is and but in the practice of actually like forgiving uh mm. it's learning how to think differently and as you find that you're really irritated by someone or something the forgiveness is the learning to then not be irritated by it and learning to think and perceive in somewhat in some way different differently that uh, you can look at it differently so then it applies to everything when you then learn how to okay okay and then you learn how to in a situation where you seem to be upset or anything then it's almost natural to then process the situation and I, I I find it like I get stern okay I try you please I get like stern struggled eyes or something I'm upset and then when I change my mind you know it's natural that I relax and my eyes relax and I just mm. allow it to happen and I would find a, the difference as far as talking about uh, finding a partner, like we were saying, like a lot of people struggle at, well, what am I going to say? You know, what, when I talk to them, what am I going to do? What, you know, instead of just finding out, you know, and just going and being allowing of the uncomfortability. It's like, we think we need to protect ourselves from, from this uncomfortableness. And then we naturally develop the uncomfortableness because of it. <laughs> And instead of recognizing that, you know, just be yourself literally means just allow it out. Just say whatever. Just let it come. And it's either going to work or it's not. It's going to happen or it's not. Come on, bud. Rather than like, rather than trying to do the right thing and say the right thing. Yeah. And thinking about it so much, you know. You don't need to think about it. I, I remember struggling with this very much myself not just with the partner but even in uh, doing programs like this as i record so much it's like i don't i don't think about what i'm gonna say anymore i'm not worried about 
who I'm going to be, what I'm going to represent. Like, I know what I'm representing now. You know, I know the truth of this situation, and I just allow myself to be it. Here, Mark, entertain us for a second. Sing a song or something. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, maybe not a song. My beautiful singing voice. That is one thing I'm often worried about. Even when I get on the show here, I'm thinking, well, I've got to have a topic. I've got to think something through or read something to have a topic of discussion. Because without it, you know, I might be left alone on air by myself singing a song, and then I'm going to look stupid, or feel dumb or something. And so it's something that I, I definitely struggle with myself. But then when I let myself just kind of be myself, and the thoughts that are in me just kind of express. I have some of the most profound things coming out of my little brain. I didn't even know where they were there, you know? These ideas start to come out when you're allowed, when you allow yourself to open up and kind of just be authentic in the moment and flowing instead of scared and trying too hard and overthinking yeah. it. But it's that, like a, it's like that, a practice. Yeah, that's the practice. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> that's the training. <laughs> It's like to be authentically yourself. And some would say, as we're going through these dimensional experiences, that that's the test. Is that, can you do it in any different variation? As this one is a physical embodiment of coming to this tiny little perspective of this vast universe. Can you remember yourself and be authentic to yourself? And that's... So that's, you know, your training to, to do that. But you couldn't do that training. You couldn't do that test if you didn't also get completely invested in the new idea. You, know, you couldn't, you'd have to get lost to be found again. I heard something that was really interesting. I was watching a skateboard video when I was younger and we used to skateboard a lot. And they were talking about this pro skateboarder. And he would try these crazy tricks and do these awesome things and like drained out swimming pools and half pipes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're like watching him is so funny because people will watch him and they'll laugh when he messes up. But he's doing these incredibly complex things and it's very, very, very difficult. But he just makes it look so ridiculously easy. It's just there's so much talent there. There's so much everything. Yeah. And I've always been like... I've always uh, been in awe of that kind of thing. Is the person who can go in and just let themselves be themselves and just see it flow. And it looks so natural, so easy, you know? Yeah. Did he say how he did it? <laughs> I was expecting I don't know, you he to say... He just had fun. Yeah. Like maybe... Like, to no, him, I'm he just... was just out there having fun. I just let it happen, man. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Just to be in the flow, that's really all it is, is that flow is just simply, you know, where is the universe pushing me now? What, What is naturally coming through me? And we like to instead usually, oh no, I have this schedule to maintain. I have this, you know, <laughs> routine I have to do or this or that. Instead of like, oh, I, I completely forget about that and I just allow it to happen. What's today like? What's this moment like what is this offering me and you can really only think of what you think of 
I mean, you can set all the reminders you want, but if you're not meant to do it, <laughs> you know, you're not. It's not even going to cross your mind. Just like this Saturday with the programs that I do, it was it was like one, <laughs> this another second time I swear that I actually forgot about it. I, oh, even no. the reminders on my phone and everything, I completely forgot to get on. And then after Lynn said something. Uh, like oh I I completely forgot about it and that's really weird and so I try and get on and there then my internet's not working and it worked for the rest of the hour <laughs> or it didn't work for the rest of the hour and I and so I mean I I gave up before that but realized that the internet came back on after my hour was over so I mean I was not meant to do it it's just naturally going to happen that way so why be concerned not just uh, of ideas as in your choice, but the universe isn't going to concern you with things you don't need to know. It is it is a need-to-know basis only. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you can, if you want to, you can know more, you can come to understanding more, and that's really one of the biggest things I wanted to do as I was striving for this. I, like, I wanted to know everything i wanted to know god and i wanted to from that transcend the world and and that was really my reasons i wanted to get out of of the whole illusion of the whole dream and you know just do by doing that you know you recognize what it's all about you recognize why it started in the first place you know and so by knowing the little aspects did I have the desire to know the fullness of it? And it's in the same idea that to know the fullness of it, you had the desire to know just part of it. It's like to know infinity. You literally ha there's, have nothing to look at. And so to start to experience something, you then have to know a partial idea. You have to divide it up. So mm. then you can look at it and read it and experience it. So the vastness of all eternity and infinity, it's all there, but its desire is to know itself, is to experience anything, something. And so by that, it divides itself up. People think that this, through A Course in Miracles and how it kind of describes itself, it makes it seem uh, that it's doing a, we're doing a bad thing by believing in separation and all this stuff. But it's, you can't do it. You can't do a bad thing. And from the actual perspective of unity, it includes the idea of separation. And so it's mm -hmm. this whole misunderstanding. No, it, you're, yes, you as a little self thinking you're doing anything, let alone the separation idea or a unity idea, is all misunderstanding. You're not doing anything. You're not separate. It's the entire universe doing you. And it has all the basis of everything described around you to support your position, your idea, and you have nothing to concern yourself with. I and mean, you think you do. And people would say that to me and like, oh, yeah, I have nothing to concern myself with except for forgiving the entire world and transcending it and knowing God. You know, exceptions. Okay, I had ambition for that goal and it was I was striving for it. And then <laughs> only by... Achieving it, would I finally let go of it and stop having that ambition? And finally, you know, be in the moment 
and just experience the universe is all falling into place all the time, supporting this story, supporting this idea. Just remember trust. Remember to trust. Mm. That's all I, I do. Fit, <laughs> I do photography and stuff, right? So sometimes <clears throat> I'll open up Photoshop or something, and there will be this like white canvas, and it's all just white, and so nothing's there, mm -hmm. but also everything's there, and it's all uniform. Mm -hmm. So I have to put on an image on the screen, and it actually subtracts colors from the screen rather than red, green, and blue and being all the, on at the same time making white. I turn off a little red here and I turn off a little blue there. And by looking at certain colors at once and kind of turning off the others, I can create these images and these things, you know? Yeah. So what do you get when you turn off red? Uh, <laughs> I think it would be yellow. Probably. <laughs> blue and green, even though, because it's light, I think it's yellow. But I don't know exactly either. Sion, maybe. Color additive stuff. But yeah, that certainly yep. gets complex. It's like you're actually seeing the negative image of what you're looking at, and you're perceiving it through that distortion. So, that, like, mm -hmm. there's all the white light, and actually the interference patterns is that negative experience of making it seem as if something else is happening. So like the whole rainbow, you're actually perceiving the opposite colors just by the frequencies. But even in that sense, when you look at a, free, a rainbow, for an example, it seems to be second dimensional, right? It seems... It, flat. Yeah, flat. And we can say it looks like it's going somewhere, coming, going, coming from somewhere. And so it has some three-dimensional aspect to it. But really that when you're looking at it in that same sense of looking at a negative you're actually seeing a shadow of a three-dimensional existence that white light shining through a prism that prism has to be three-dimensional to make a two-dimensional rainbow so it gets a little tricky but it's it's the same thing with a negative it's like you think you know what you're looking at but you're actually perceiving something that's there in a distorted perception to develop what it looks like. Like as you say, you're taking away a little red and you take away a little blue or something. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually, it, that's resistances in the same understanding of the universe. In order to mm -hmm. have a perception at all, you have to resist some things or take away some knowledge of this area, take away some mm -hmm. knowledge of that area for it to seem like something's there. It's the same idea. Like, in order for there to be an image, instead of just pure white light. So you have to... So we, so we have these definitions of, oh, this is a computer. That's actually thousands of different definitions. In other words, <laughs> thousands of different resistances for that white light to appear to seem and look this way. Mm. Yeah. So it gets that. pretty intense, but it's pretty awesome if you follow to the... And those resistance patterns they create are definitions in the world. Yeah, like so when I talk about my death experience, I talk about how I came back from accepting a new resentment and grievance in my mind, and it was required 
that I do so. It's like, no matter how much someone put the world around me and the universe back around me or something, I wouldn't be able to see it without those resistances in my mind. Like, it exists only because there is resistance in the perceiver's mind. Like we're, we're literally in heaven, in the spiritual universe all the time, and yet we're perceiving a physical world because we have a definition of grievance and a resentment. So a lot of people put that on, you know, oh, I don't, I accept everything, but uh, I have this fear of God or something. It's like, okay, the fear of God is enough to see the entirety of the world. It's like you have to have the entirety of all that seems to be physical defining that sentence. To define that sentence, even though God is technically undefinable, you then have an idea of what God is. Therefore, you have it based off of what you know, what you see. Uh, it's separate. Uh, it might be physical. And, you know, it might judge you and who are you, or what you do and what you say, and you're a physical thing, and you're on a world, and you have legs to walk on it, and, and so on. Mm -hmm. And you, so you have the whole entirety defining all just one little idea. And then we, just, just to be safe, we add uh, grievances on top of that, and layers and layers of resentments, and and all this stuff just to be safe that we don't, you know, accidentally slip out of the universe. <laughs> Oops, empty canvas again. <laughs> it's like true it in talking about like, like negative space and stuff. You may not understand what God is. You may not have this idea, but we have an idea of what we think God isn't. Well, I'm not God. Yeah. This table's not God. God's just something bigger. Maybe yeah. he's not these things. So using that idea. Yeah. Well, using that idea of the white canvas is that it is all of that and all that potential is there and endless variations. And it's really all the colors are there all at the same time and you take away in order to see it. So it, it, you do naturally have this uncomfortability, you know, to say, oh, God's a table. Like, wait, what in the crap are you talking about? Well, the wholeness <laughs> of what a table could be, or would be, or is, or the essence in there. And that's all the attempts to say, you know, that white canvas is still available mm. in this, even though I've took away, you know, brown 35 and a little <laughs> bit of red, whatever, you know, just <laughs> different variations of resistance. And so it's not the fullness of the knowledge of what that God is. It's literally... A little bit of a less knowledge of it in this area, a little bit less knowledge of that area, and this, that, and that, the other, and it comes comes out to this development of what a table looks like. So it's mm. not actually the in, entirety of God. No, it's not the entirety of God. Nobody, in any resistant perspective, could you point out the entirety of God, nor could you define it. For even the definition of that white canvas as we're saying, the white canvas, uh, to define God is literally even just putting a speck on that white canvas. If, if, say it's black, you just took away all the colors in that little speck area and said, okay, this is the beginning. It starts with a point, undetermined mm -hmm. size. It's not the beginning. The beginning was a white canvas. 
So it's already being taken away from in order to be defined at all. You can say, even if it's the best definition and the, the, a definition that touches all the corners and, and explains everything about it, it's still not the fullness of it. So that's a lot of what, you know, people, as far as this Tao Te Ching thing that I've been doing, it's like it can't be defined. It's impossible to be defined. Once you define it, it's now something else. It's now lesser than what it is. And, mm. But it is in this dimensional experience. So even if we were to draw all the dimensions and all the alternate universes and everything on this white canvas, you know, it, it would be beautiful as it's going along, but you know, get more and more and more and more and more and more colors and you're, you're really just adding on and to then it would be a white canvas again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it really didn't go anywhere. <laughs> but it also went everywhere. Wow. Yeah. The infinite circle. Yeah, man. I just let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> you let your resentments exist. Yeah, they have their purpose. You know? I, referring to A Course of Miracles again, a lot of people read even when it says that guilt is not real and let go of this idea of guilt people feel guilty about doing it no i <laughs> oh, i feel guilty about having guilt now i need to get rid of my guilt it's like no you can't mm-hmm. get rid of something that really doesn't exist so you don't have to concern yourself about illusions that are not real and it's the thinking that they're real that all of a sudden they're real to you like oh i need to stop being ego instead of recognizing you can't be ego. So you can't stop being what you would define as ego. You just simply gotta be whatever it is. Or else you're saying it, it exists when it doesn't. So it's like, oh, it's either I'm in jail trying to get out or I'm out trying to, you know, trying to get in to say I'm getting out. <laughs> <laughs> If you recognize that you're out or don't have an ego, then you don't have to concern yourself with, oh, is this ego or not so I can get out of it, so I can stop it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm explaining that very good, but I think you get the idea. Because every time you try to do something or try to get something, you're really just reaffirming that you don't have it. Exactly, yes. And it's the same thing with this ego idea. And... Oh, I'm trying to get to heaven. I'm trying to get to heaven. And no, you're trying to recognize heaven. You're trying to realize heaven. It's it's right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Just like everything else. It's like you just have to choose and pick the right resistances to develop the image you want to see. That's int- I've never thought about it like that. You have to pick the resentments. Rather than, I'm going to get rid of all resentments and try to transcend everything. But those resentments really are what create our experiences for us. So it's just a matter of which resentments. Yeah. So even on that white canvas, I can draw a physical world and see a physical world. I've taken away color of that white white light. Mm-hmm. And then if I want to see a spiritual universe and souls and love and all this stuff, I still see something. So in other words, I am still taking away of that white light. 
So it doesn't matter really if we're what we're seeing. It's like it's either you just need to pick the right amount of colors or the right colors or in that in this case uh, resistances. You know, you need to think in correspondence to the spiritual universe to see the spiritual universe. Most of us are thinking in correspondence to the physical universe. That's why we see it. Mm -hmm. You know, just like in Photoshop. And if you want to make things all fluffy and pretty, like a little spiritual soul, you know, you, you can, you have to put on the right filters and make it fluffiness, but it's still a filter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off again. Hey. Well, so this psychological training, because it's a training for the mind, you know, thinking back on the, the bucket with the hole in it analogy that we were talking about, and just like the way that we interpret our emotions and stuff going through, like, oh no, it's leaking and blah, blah, blah. Like I've been doing this week with this test. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It's well, what, choosing different resentments. Yeah. Uh, w- what about it? It sounds like you got cut off for a second or something about the bucket. You want to relate it? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think about it. Like, I'm sitting here worried about this test, and I'm like, oh no, I'm not doing it right. What if something bad? Oh no, what if something bad happens? And I want something good to happen, but really I'm just reaffirming. I'm trying to get something good, yeah. which means I don't have something good. And just reaffirming that. So what what would happen if you did fail? You know, how would you feel about yourself if you did fail? I'd feel stupid. <laughs> okay, so you're afraid of feeling stupid. Like, oh no, what if I fail and I have to redo this class or what would people think or what if they kick me out of school? I lose all this money. So, what if I die? Oh, yeah, death there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the feeling like you're stupid or and all this stuff, really, you you know, you're making trying to ensure that that's not going to happen, right? You try mm-hmm. you're hoping that it, all this stuff you you're going to protect yourself from it and make sure that it's not happening. So, why would you need to make sure that it's not going to happen unless it's true? Unless it was like a possibility, if I could really get hurt or die or something. Yeah, I mean, is it, I could be less. is it is it possible that you're stupid? Is it true? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, you've come this far. Is it, is it true? And so you're saying probably not. You still have. You don't know for sure yet. So you're not quite <laughs> sure if you're, you know, as smart as you need to be or want to be. It's it's kind of like that. It's like, is it really true what I'm afraid of? Mm. And why do I need to be afraid of it? And as we were talking about that, being that true essence of yourself and being confident in it, it's knowing who you are. It, by even mm. recognizing, you know, what you are now. You know, <laughs> maybe, in, you know, it's just realizing how smart you are. Like no, I, I I'm smart. I know what I'm doing, and I'm gonna bring what I'm doing and who I am here, in the the test. I'm gonna bring it here. 
instead of fending off something that's not real, not here, something about yourself that's not true, and then ultimately bringing about this self-fulfilling prophecy. So it takes some processing in that idea and figuring out, kind of being really honest with yourself and and looking at it. And I do a lot of that. That's what I do with people often. It's like, no, questioning, not just why you act that way, but what's the motivation for that fear, for that emotion? Going down to like the root of it. Oh yeah, it gets what pretty deep. What is it deep. telling us? Yeah, it gets pretty deep. Uh, and not just in our past, you know, we like to think that our past, we did develop or this personality through these memories and we're using those memories now. But if we recognize that we're just using them to decide and filter the definition of what we are, oh, Mark is only this type of person and and that type of person. So if he did something else, all of a sudden, he wouldn't be Mark anymore. Mm. And that's not true. I mean, how could you do something like completely be super smart and not doubt yourself thinking that you're not then you wouldn't be Mark anymore. You've always doubted yourself. So, I mean, you define yourself with it. Mm. It's, it's true. It's kind of the whole, this process of going through school and trying to get a degree and get a status. Like, I'm going to be a doctor and stuff. And these thoughts creep in like, well, what if I can't make it? Or what if I don't do it? Like, it's a possibility. Because whatever is going to happen is going to happen, right? The Dr. Mark in the future... It's still the Dr. Mark in the future. And this is just the story of how that came into being. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's like, do you see yourself as Dr. Mark in the future? Like, do you know what's coming? And that's you wouldn't be fulfilling the story if you didn't. So you have to keep owning that in that sense of recognizing, no, this is who I am just coming out. Mm. It is funny how much I, I doubt that. Sometimes stuff pops up and I'm like, well, can I really be who I'm supposed to be? When really I should be asking, is it even possible not to be whatever my future is? Yeah. It, some people, you know, sit there trying to be something else, like a doctor, for an example. And every time they see nails and they think of how great it would be to do nails instead while they're trying to do this anatomy and everything and they just all of a sudden find themselves in a fantasy of you know painting nails again and and they keep trying to deny it Mm -hmm. you know and and no i needed to do this for the financial gain and everything not be what i want to be and the reason you want to be it is because you're designed to be that way so I mean, it's being completely honest with you and with yourself. And then you can find where you really are designed to be. Where, Where is your purpose taking you? Yeah. Just like you growing a beard. Yeah. Yeah, which can change often, change all the time. And, you know, like I can shave one week and have a beard the next week, so... 
yeah. but you come to accept every stage along the way. Yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah, just you know, every class along the way. Yeah, <laughs> it's the story of becoming, infinitely becoming. You know that. Process. That reminds me of something I I think I have right here I can read. Hmm. Let's see. I have a few edits of it, so I don't know which one is a good one. I think it's this one. Let's try it. So this is kind of the perspective of the divinely realized. Is it the Tao? No, it's not. I, I had that open, but no, it's not. I have been since before time. I would be long after it passes. I have died many times and will die again many more. Today I truly live, for no longer do I fear death, having known it before. Through it I am reborn, and my eyes are opened again to the sacred world and what it promises to be. In me there is no beginning, in me there is no end. I am forever, eternally becoming. Wow. I guess it's considered a poem, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> Something I wrote up. Because we often think of death as being like an end. Yeah. But it's, it's just a step in a long process of always becoming. Yeah. And it's funny, because throughout that, I mean, you can take... A lot of people in their religious beliefs and actually think it's not working with the idea and it seems as if it's talking about reincarnation but it's not i mean it can be and that's fine too but it's it's kind of just talking about just if you're an eternal being <laughs> and even this idea of being an eternal being and only coming to the world once it seems kind of silly because of eternal Ness is very long and it's never ending and just spending literally a second in a world to do something else seems a little <laughs> you know misplaced like, oh, there's so many variations of so many options of endless universes and worlds that can be done and I mean you got all time and eternity to do it, you know? It's endless, endless, endless. So yeah, you can get lost and you come back and die and come back, whatever it is, and there's eternity still. <laughs> so it's eternally and infinitely becoming. Alright. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all for being here and listening. If you want to contact either of us, that's at openingclear.com. And yeah, have a beautiful day.